0: program created by the Rio Grande Oil Company. Angeles Police calling all cars, attention all cars, broadcast 90, regarding a murder. Dansky Kubo, Japanese, was shot during a hold-up by a man described as medium height, age about 23, wearing a dark suit, that's all, rolls <laughs> and thrilling true story to follow, you will hear police cars roaring down the street at full speed, sirens shrieking, shots flying, as the police cars steadily close in on the escaping bandits. These police cars are powered by Rio Grande cracked gasoline. In fact, more police cars, fire engines, ambulances, and other emergency equipment are powered by Rio Grande cracked than by any other brand of gasoline. When cities such as Los Angeles, Oakland, Berkeley, Fresno, Phoenix, and counties such as San Diego and Maricopa decide upon Rio Grande Quack gasoline, can you ask for better proof that Rio Grande Quack has distinct advantages over every other gasoline? Actual tests have convinced these cities that their emergency engines get greater speed, greater power greater economy with Rio Grande cracks, and the explanation for this superior performance lies in an exclusive refining process. No other gasoline in the West is licensed to use a patented Sinclair cracking process. Rio Grande's new cracking plant is the finest in all America, and it produces a gasoline that has no equal. It costs Rio Grande more to make this finer gasoline, But it costs you no more. Rio Grande Cracked Gasoline, with tetraethyl added, sells to you at competitive prices. The sensational growth in the sales of Rio Grande, its unprecedented adoption by so many cities and counties, is proof that you get greater value for your money at independent service stations featuring Rio Grande Cracked Gasoline. privilege to introduce Chief James E. Davis of the Los Angeles Police Department, who has a word for you. Chief Davis. Good evening, friends. You have heard many romantic tales about the Canadian Mounted Police, who always get their man. About Scotland Yard, the long arm of which extends around the world. About the Paris Ferté. Where the great Bertillon worked out the modern system of criminology used the world over. It is natural to look upon these distant law enforcement agencies with admiration and awe. The Canadian Mounted has been dramatized by a score of novelists who have painted their exploits in such rosy terms that the hard bitten Northwestern Inspector of Police could no longer recognize himself. The Paris Surete has become a Valhalla, of detective gods through the Sunday Supplements, and Scotland Yard is literally meat for a legion of authors. Your Western police are just as capable, have just as fine a reputation, and solve just as many crimes. But until Bill Robeson began to dramatize their efforts on calling all cars, they had no spokesman who could inform you of their activities. Robeson's work differs from these other romancers to whom I have referred for everything he tells you in these programs is fact rounded on the documents contained in the police files we too get our man our long arm also reaches to distant points our percentage of unsolved cases is phenomenally low tonight's story is an example of of the unflagging zeal of your police officers. Once a crime is committed, they never forget. It may take years, but sooner or later, they bring the criminal to justice. An unfinished case is a constant challenge. We never cease to work upon them until we can write closed across the file. The case Robeson has dramatized for you tonight took five years to close. But in the end, the murderer for whom we were searching paid his bill. How, you soon will see. It is past nine o'clock on the evening of February 1st, 1930. As Dan Kubo and his wife are closing up their vegetable stand, a stranger approaches. Yes, please. You like some vegetables? Yeah, yeah. Give me a couple of bunches of them. Oh, some carrots. Oh, yes. A very nice carrot. Uh, just one minute, I'll get.
1: Thank you. Look out. Man pulling guns. Please. Hey, what's
0: hey, wrong? Hold up. Now get out, both of you. Stand out the back. Oh, way. I'm not understanding. Oh, what do you want? i will give you three. One. You're giving me three. Two. One. Three. No one's
1: Three. Oh. 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 Oh.
0: Here now, Hand uh, back me. Who's been shot? i oh, here. There's his wife. Looks <laughs> mm. pretty bad. Oh, here comes the ambulance. Are you the widow? I mean wife. Yes. I'm in heaven. will do everything he can for Uh, What's your name?
1: Mrs. Kubo.
0: I see. Mrs. Kubo, what happened after this man shot your husband?
1: I'm not knowing. I'm running for help. Neighbor lady, she's calling police. When we come back, men man gone. He's lying on floor. I
0: see. Is there anything else you can remember?
1: Oh, yes, When I'm shooting, I I feel pain in me. Hmm, Let me
0: see. That's (laughs) funny. Stocking torn and a big bruise, and the skin isn't even broken. You sure he didn't run into one of these vegetable crates here?
1: No. Something hitting me. Ah, let's see. If
0: you ran this way, you might have been hit by the same bullet that went through your husband's stomach. Would have spent most of its force by then. That's what happened, and the bullet ought to be on the floor here somewhere. 82 <laughs> caliber lead slug. Now, this piece of evidence, Mrs. Kubo, is going to lead us to the man who shot your husband.
1: <laughs>
0: a little later the same evening, two officers are staked out in a darkened foul car, watching a parked sedan a half block away. Well, If that gang of petty thieves is still working in this neighborhood, they ought to fall for the stuff we got stowed in that sedan. I'll say. Clothes, a radio, a lamp, and the key in the ignition. Only we got to get there fast. I ain't hankering to lose that brand new car of mine. Yeah, you won't. There's a couple of young fellows looking it over now. They've opened the door. Come on, flip her in the gear and don't make any noise about it. Hello, boys. Going on a trip? Uh, yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're going to Frisco. In that car? Uh, yeah. Who's it belong to? Why, it's mine. Oh, that's mighty interesting. If you'll look closely at the registration slip, you'll find that it's in my name. Oh, but you see, I... I guess you boys better come along with us. Mm-hmm. You see, it, it was this way. We made a mistake. We honestly thought that was our car, actually. I guess somebody stole ours. It, it was the same model. Yeah, that's likely. And, of course, you had nothing to do with that apartment robbery on New Hampshire the other night. No. I don't know anything about it. Mm. And you weren't the guys who knocked over the drugstore on South Carolina two weeks ago, huh? Of course not. Hey, Harry, here's a phone I just came in about a shooting. Somebody shot a Japanese food man at 54th and Hoover a couple hours ago. This fellow has got a gun? Yeah. I found this revolver on Hayes here. Mm, 38 starting to slice this champ for shot of a thirty-two. Well, yeah, they probably threw their thirty-two away after the shooting. Wait a minute. We're not mixed up in any shooting. Don't try to pin that on us. Sure, oh, we did those jobs you've been talking about and then a couple more, but we didn't shoot anybody. We'll see about that. The Japanese isn't dead yet. Now right, you better take these guys over to the receiving hospital and see if you can identify them. Okay. <laughs> Doctor. Yeah, it's in pretty bad shape. Yeah, we think we've got the guys who did it. Will you let us get an identification? Well, very well, but don't take too long. We'll come right this way. Mr. Kubo. Mr. Kubo. Can you hear me?
1: Uh, I'm
0: Mr. Kubo, look at those two men here. Was either of them the man who shot you? Uh, it's hard for seeing. I, I think maybe... He looks like man who shot me. Well, Hayes, what have you to say now? Uh, that poor fellow's half unconscious. That ain't no sort of an identification. It'll help, but the rest of the case we will build up against you. Oh. Following his identification of Hayes as his murderer, Kubo dies without regaining consciousness. And the noose tightens about the neck of Hayes when Mrs. Kubo also identifies him as the murderer, ...and when his story is shot full of holes by the investigation of the officers. But his plans for the prosecution... ...but his plans for the prosecution...
1: What
0: his plans for the prosecution of Hayes as the murder of the Japanese are carried forward... ...the district attorney receives a letter which causes him to send for the officers who were investigating the case. Boys, I just got this letter today and I thought you ought to see it. It's like a nut letter to me. That's what I thought when I first read it. It's crudely printed in an effort to avoid handwriting identification. But the writer of it is too well acquainted with the circumstances of that Kubo shooting to be entirely disregarded. He says that Hayes is innocent of the Kubo murder, claims he did it himself, and tells us to drop murder charges against Hayes or go out and murder another Japanese to prove that we're wrong. That's a pretty drastic threat. Any clues on the letter that would indicate who sent it? Of course not. You wouldn't expect any, would you? No. Now, it looks like this to me. We haven't got a strong case against Hayes for murder. It's pretty weak circumstance evidence. Well, we got the slug and the town it came from. Moxley, the ballistics man, says it's an old German type used during the war. And you haven't got the gun that fired it? No, that's right. Okay, you file this letter away with the slug and the shell, and look for that gun. I can send Hayes and his partner to San Quentin for burglary on their own confession. But, if I prosecute them for murder, I may lose the case, and from what the writer of this letter says, you fellas may have another Japanese murder on your hands. Our duty is to prevent crime, as well as to solve and prosecute it. (laughs) So Hayes is sent up for burglary, and the bullet and note are sent to the files for future reference. Nearly a year passes. Then, late on a rainy New Year's afternoon in 1931, radio officers, Heacock and Aiken, are cruising through their district when an approaching car attracts their attention. Hey, look at this car coming this way. Yeah, what about it? Well, his bumper's dragging, and one of his headlights is broken. Must have an accident. Oh, still, he oughtn't to drive with his bumper dragon in a light-out. Might be a hit-and-run driver. I think we better talk to him. Swing around. Hey, he knows we're after him. He's trying to get away. Step on him. Hey, look. He's throwing stuff out of the car. Papers. Probably evidence of some sort. Hey, there goes something heavy. Hey, the guy's nuts. He's throwing away money. Coins and bills are all over the street. Yeah, and we can't stop Hey, look at all those five dollar bills going past him. He's going to smash into somebody. He's doing sixty five mil. Better try to put a shot into his tire. Okay.
1: Hey, he's turned in that corner to get out
0: of range. Oh, oh, he did it. Well, that's it. Pull up. Well, so, buddy, what's the big idea? I ain't talking. Now, I'll slip your wrists into these bracelets, and we'll see you out there. You can't pinch me. I ain't done nothing. Uh, except driving like a maniac. You're under arrest for reckless driving. Come along now, like a good boy. What's his name? Well, according to the registration slip, Sergeant, the car belongs to John E. Healy. Is that your name, buddy? Hold up. Well, buddy, what's the big idea? I ain't talking. No? No. ain't Hey down there, stop! Stop or I'll shoot! Why don't you shoot? Do something! John, I can't see anyone. It'll be quiet, maybe we can hear, hear him. him. In five minutes, the hood around 77th Street station is swarming with officers, but John Healy has successfully made his escape. The prisoner's disappearance simulates Castle the greater effort in the hunt for the gun, which is expected can link to the Kubo killing. Although he searches the streets half the night, he's at it again shortly after dawn. But the only reward he and his partner, Jake Kirk, receive for their efforts as they retrace the course of the speeding getaway car is a few coins and a couple of rain-soaked dollar bills. And then, just as they are about to give up, a little girl approaches
1: your policeman asked
0: you. Well, that's right. Why?
1: Well, I'll bet you're looking for a gun.
0: You bet we are. Did you find it?
1: No, but my little brother did. Where is he? He's out in the backyard now trying to make a shoot. Come on,
0: Kirk. There he is, yanking at the trigger. Oh, I haven't help us with him if that safety isn't on. Here, little boy. Let me see your nice gun. No, it's Tommy's gun.
1: Tommy play gangster. Now,
0: listen, Tommy, you let us see it. We'll give you a nice lollipop if you let us see it. Oh,
1: don't want lollipop.
0: Yeah, We're we'll going to to rush him, cuz. Come on.
1: The
0: all right, come on now. No, no, get now, now, now. Now, here, here, little girl, here's a nickel. <laughs> Buy her brother a lollipop or an ice cream cone or something. Come on, sir. Let's get this thing into Mosley and see what he has to say about it. Well, Mosley... What's about it? Well, uh, this is the same gun used to kill the Japanese Kubo. I fired a bullet from this gun and checked it against the bullet that killed Kubo. They matched exactly. You don't see many guns like this these days. They were used by the Germans during the war. I've asked the factory to trace the owner for it. I already know the answer to that one. The owner is John Healy. But that don't do us much good. But taken out his house with his son said he didn't come home New Year's night. He's probably skipped halfway across the country by now. Ooh. As a matter of routine, officers check the report that the gun had been sold to Healy's father in Hudson, Massachusetts in 1922. Mr. Healy denies this fact, but officers find in his garage the original carton in which the gun had been sold, but they find no trace of Healy. One, two, three years pass, and then one day early in 1934, Captain Bert Wallace of the Homicide Squad, reviewing unsolved cases, comes upon the Kubo murder. Impatiently, he calls in Detective H.M. Ledbetter and G.H. Patton. Boys, here's a case I want you to get to work on. What is it, Buck? That Kubo killing. Remember it? Oh, yes. Yeah. They caught the guy, and he broke out of 77th Street. Isn't that the one? That's it. The shooting happened four years ago. The suspect escaped three years ago. With the exception of an occasional check on the home of his parents, nothing else has been done. I want you boys to get on it right away and clean it up. Any only this Healy was a salesman for the Piggly Wiggly stores at one time that's all we need come on Pat. working on the thin clue that Healy had once been employed for the Piggly Wiggly stores the detectives set out to trace the murderer a week's work brings them back jubilant to Captain Wallace's office well boys you got anything for me plenty here's Healy's written application for work the handwriting checks in many respects with the lettering on the anonymous note mm. sent to the DA when Hayes was accused of the murder. Fine. And what's this? Healy's picture. His picture? Where did you get it? Well, according to this application, Healy had worked for the A&P back in New York. We asked the New York police to work with us, and in no time, the A&P personnel department sent us back his picture and a letter saying that Healy had worked for them. And during the time he was employed, several burglaries occurred in his store. Mm. They're convinced he pulled the job himself. That's fine. This picture will be a big help. Get copies of it made. Send a circular to all chain stores and police departments in the United States. And send the picture to the detective magazine. And by the way, you better ask those Calling All Cars boys up at Rio Grande to help, too. You know, that Calling All Cars news of theirs gets out to about half a million people. Okay, Captain. (laughs) Across the country goes Healy's picture to police departments, to sheriff's offices, to postal authorities, to millions of readers of detective story magazines. Then on the 26th of last March, the phone in the sheriff's office in Framingham, Massachusetts rang
1: Sheriff, your office? Hey, hey,
0: Sheriff. You better get down here to the bus station quick. Why? Well, there's a the guy down here with the name of Healy. He's one of the most things for murder. How do you know? Oh, I'll read the detective story magazine. I got a picture of him right here. You, you better hurry. He's going to take the ten fifteen boat for once. Okay, I'll be right down. Yeah, I'm glad you got here, sheriff. Yeah, where is this bird? Oh, he's sitting right over there in the gray suit. Yeah, where's his picture? Well, right, right here in this here magazine. Well, golly, you're right. Come on. Your name, Healy? Uh, what's it for you? Plenty. I'm the sheriff. Oh, what of it? to arrest. What for? A murder in Los Angeles four years ago. Hey, sit there, sit hey, what did I tell you, Sheriff? Hey, do you think you can make me a deputy? I have been studying how to be a detective at correspondence school. I don't know about that. Drop in and see me sometime. Sure thing. I'll you in tomorrow morning. Come along, you.
1: Informed
0: of Healy's arrest? Captain Wallace sends detective led better to Framingham to claim the prisoner. Oh, here, Healy. This attitude of yours isn't gonna get you any for us. You guys can't frame me for a job I didn't do. We know you did it. Yes, yeah? I don't know better about that job than you do. Turn me up, Ford. Some have... reason get me out of Massachusetts. I think we got a good enough case to extradite you. Yeah, well I gamble, ain't. Well, suppose we aren't able to extradite you. What then? Well, that's that. No, it isn't. We'll go right on working on your case. We'll build a stronger and stronger file of evidence against you. And we'll never let you out of our sight. Sooner or later, we'll arrest you again. We'll attempt to extradite you again. If we fail, we won't quit. We'll go on working on you. And in some other state, at some other time, we'll have you arrested again. We won't stop until you come back to Los Angeles and face trial. Well, I'm innocent, I tell you. So much the better. Then come on back and face trial and get the thing over with once and for all. You can't me. I'll beat the rat. That's fair enough. Once you clear yourself in the courts of the charges we hold against you, we're no longer interested in you. So long as you don't break the law again. Okay, that I'll go back with you. I'll fight your charges in court. I'll make you the biggest monkey in the 11 Western states. All far to you, my boy, if you can do it. <laughs> Back in Los Angeles, Healy maintains his arrogant attitude of braggadocia. Yeah. He refuses to make a confession, and when he finally obtains a counsel, refuses completely to talk. The burden of the proof must rest with the prosecution, for Healy pleads not guilty to the charge of murder when he finally faces the bar of justice and settles down to listen to the prosecution's stated case. Yes, I am thinking positive.
1: This is man that killed my husband.
0: I have... ...for employment already admitted into evidence and also from the questionnaire filled out in the presence of Captain Wallace. At this same time, Captain Wallace asked the accused to print some of his answers. The accused complied, and these printed answers afforded an excellent opportunity... For me to compare the printing of the accused with the anonymous note addressed to the district attorney at the time of the murder. In my opinion, all these samples, both the handwriting and the printing, have been executed by one man, the accused, who is known as John Healy. If the court pleases, the photograph to the right of the exhibit is an enlarged microphotograph of the bullet which killed Mr. Kubo. The one to the left is an enlarged microphotograph of a test full of it fired from the gun thrown away by the accused when he was escaping from offices on New Year's Day 1931. This gun we have already shown was purchased by the father of the accused and the original cotton which contained it was found in his garage. Observe carefully that the ridges and cuts in these two photographs are identical. So much so that if the negatives of the two prints were placed one on the other, the resulting print would be identical with these. There can be no doubt in my mind, nor should there be any doubt in the mind of the court, that Healy's gun is the murder weapon. That's the gunner. He's the one who stole my money, <laughs> the one who held me up. It was New Year's Day and then threw my money all over the streets of Los Angeles. Seamus, heaven's... Sure looks bad, doesn't it? Yes, it does, John. I didn't think the Bulls had all this on you. I'd never come back here. I don't think you can win. You don't? What are we going to do? I don't want to stretch for this. Give me seven. Do something. Your Honor, my client and I have heard enough testimony to give us a profound respect for the work of the police and the prosecution in preparing their case. Rather than cause the state to costly and expensive trial, rather than cause any further inconvenience, my client throws himself upon the mercy of the court, convinced that that mercy will be a just one. My client admits that he's guilty of killing John C. Hugo. Furthermore, he admits that he is guilty of robbing the drugstore, New Year's in 1931. But there are mitigating factors, Your Honor. Factors which in the administration of Justice Your Honor must take into consideration. This poor boy was the user of narcotics, an unfortunate slave to the pernicious narcotic traffic. Underpaid, he found he could not earn enough to satisfy the cravings of his life. Desperate, under the influence of narcotics and needing more money for more narcotics, he attempted to rob the Japanese vegetable man. It was not his desire nor was it his intention to murder Dansky Kubo. But out of his mind of cravings, he became frightened when his victim misunderstood his command, and involuntarily he pressed the trigger. It was an accident, Your Honor, not murder. Consider another fact, Your Honor. This client of mine is not a hardened criminal. When he learned that an innocent man was being accused of his crimes... He was so stricken with remorse that he wrote a letter to the district attorney... ...which effectively cleared the falsely accused man. He didn't have to do that. Had even a hardened lawbreaker... ...an enemy to society... ...he would have kept quiet... ...and let another man pay for his misstep. Had he done this, Your Honor... ...he would not be, be in this courtroom today. But my client is not that sort of person. He is upright... ...of sterling character, of good family... One mistake was the scraping for drugs. In throwing himself upon the cross, Mercy, my client asked clemency in the verdict that your honor sees fit to impose. John Edward Healy, stand and face the court. Before I pass judgment upon you, have you anything to say? No, nothing to say john edward healy you have committed a serious crime the most serious crime a man can commit you have taken the life of a fellow man in a court higher than this you will meet your final judgment but in consideration of the fact that you have thrown yourself upon the mercy of the law this court finds you guilty of second degree murder and sentences you to San Quentin Penitentiary, for from five years to life. And it is to be hoped that parole board will not be so moved by sentimental and political influence that they will set this murderer free in eight or ten years prey once more upon society. For every prisoner released from San Quentin, your 2 light parole system makes the work of your police from that much harder. Causes him, in many cases, to have to do his job all over again. Life and property will never be as safe as it should until greater care is exercised by the parole board in releasing prisoners who have not yet paid in full their debt to society, who have not yet learned fully that crime never pays. Thank you, Mr. David. Police cars travel city streets and roads nearly 24 hours a day, crawling along for hours and jumping to top speed to answer emergency radio calls. What an ideal testing laboratory for gasoline. The police cars operate over the same road you travel, meeting the same traffic conditions. Accurate records of police car, operating costs, police car, operating costs are kept by most cities. And tests of many brands of gasoline have led to the adoption of Rio Grande Extracts as the official gasoline.